It's the Agship Podcast. I'm Patrick Mayhorn, creator of the Agship, a credentialed newslever- newsletter. Wow, um, it's late. We're recording later than usual, and I have forgotten how to talk. Newsletter covering Utah State football, men's, women's basketball, and Olympic sports. You can go and subscribe at www.theagship.com at the 6 or $10 tier. $10 tier subscribers, the podcast is out, finally. I have posted the podcast. We recorded it last week. I did not get into, get to it until tonight. It's out. It's up. Uh, there will be a story for that as well if you go and look at the website so you can get to that in any number of ways. Um, you all should have, if you are subscribed at that $10 t- tier, a uh, an RSS feed link sent to you by Captivate, which is the the podcast hosting service. So if you are subscribed to that tier, go check that out. If you're interested in a monthly Q&A podcast as well as film posts, film breakdowns, film preview and reviews, um, go on over and subscribe at the $10 tier. Um, $6 tier, you get everything else. You get the cover story, you get the uh, the stat book, all of the preview stuff, everything else, all of the other stories, as well as plenty coming during basketball season. I am joined, as always, by co-host Parker Ballantyne. Parker, how's it going, man? What's up, Patrick? Yeah, it's uh, it's a bit later tonight, so who knows where this is going to go. It's a mm-hmm. little bit of a, a late-night conversations with Patrick and Parker tonight. Yeah, um, yeah. We just uh, wrapped up Monday Night Football watching Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers, and uh, um. Could We're not going to say much yeah. more about that game, unfortunately. I'd love to. I'd love to dig into that a little bit more. But Jordan Love is—he's uh, <laughs> looking like a first-year starter. He's—he's—he's he's, he's impressed me before uh, this season. He's had good moments and bad moments, but yeah. I think we'll just leave it at that. The Packers lose thirteen to seventeen for those interested, and I yeah. don't have much more to, to talk about there. But other than that, um, it was a good weekend of football for me. Yeah. Room to improve is what we're going to say with Jordan Love. Room to improve. <laughs> yes, yeah. He's growing. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've got a, uh, we, we've got a football game to talk about in Utah State's 44 to 24 victory over Colorado State that we, I don't think we need, I don't, I don't think we have to say room to improve on that. There is room to improve. There is room to grow. Utah State is not perfect always, yeah, always. and was not perfect <laughs> in this game as we're going to talk about. But um, we were just talking before we started recording uh, just for general first thoughts, I was very impressed. I was very, very impressed. This was a, I mean, the score I think is not wholly reflective of just how much Utah State really dominated this game. I, I, I think Utah State, save for the, really the first six minutes of the game, was pretty clearly a class, several classes above Colorado State and really established that. It was not one of those things where they looked better but messed around too much. It was not one of those things where they looked good in moments and looked bad in other moments. Like once they got settled, I thought Utah State was dominant here. I thought Utah State was completely dominant. Yeah, it wasn't. It's it's not enough to just say that they were the better team once they got settled in. Yeah. You nailed that they were dominant. Uh, it was. I mean, a 20-point victory is uh, is a significant victory, but I'm right there with you. I don't think the score quite shows how dominant this game was. And, of course, we are going to talk about it. Part of the reason for that is the fact that we you, you, old habits die hard, and we did we did spot the Rams seventeen points before we yeah. before we did score. But uh, but yeah, I mean, outside of the probably six minutes or so, it was it was not close. It never looked close. It was uh, it was Aggies. Uh, it was Aggies all the way for for yeah. sure. Yeah, and uh, Utah State's I believe first twenty point or more conference victory since. Of course, the 2021 Mountain West title game, which is a very funny game to have last done that in. Um, did, yes. not, did not do that at all in the 2022 season. Obviously did not do that earlier this year against Air Force. Uh, so they get back into that category, and they do it against a, a team that I think is 
I don't know if I would say good in Colorado State, but improving. I thought they were better than this, but yeah, Im- yes, good Im- and improving. Improving somewhere in between there. Talented. I think you can say talented without having to Very, uh, yeah. Yeah, without having to couch it. They're they're clearly talent. They have a lot of mountain like all Mountain West caliber players. They have very good top end talent, and um, and Utah State did to them what Utah State has not done against a conference opponent in a in a while. It's been a year and change since we have seen Utah State go out there and and do this, and and it's not like they didn't. You know, Utah State played bad teams in the Mountain West last year. Utah State played Hawaii, played New Mexico, nearly beat New Mexico by 20 in a very roundabout way. It was, I think, largely special teams in the rain, if memory serves, um, had a had a pick six. But uh, this was a kind this was a kind of win for Utah State that we have not we just haven't seen it have in a while against an FBS opponent against a Mountain West opponent. They looked much better they looked like the much better team they looked better coached they looked more physical they looked like they had a better plan they were faster I thought they were more athletic um it was um it was it was pretty comprehensive I think it was it was really not you know outside of that start which I think is probably where we're going to start with in this recap um it was not super competitive it was really just Utah State kind of rolling over them I think it honestly if not for a couple of, of things like the, the end of the first half was kind of weird with the time management. Um, if not for Utah state really sort of letting off the gas at the, off the gas at, at the end, which is not like, you know, that's probably the right thing to do. We have seen, we saw some teams this weekend that didn't let off the gas at the end and that it had it cost them pretty significantly in, uh, <laughs> in Coral Gables specifically. So nothing wrong uh, with yeah. just, with just putting the, putting a bow on a win. You don't have to, you don't have to do too much. It's a, a win is a win. I thought it could have been worse. Honestly, I, I thought it could have been a lot. The, the final score could have been wider than it was. Um, EPA, which is not a stat that I love, uh, because I don't think it really makes all that much sense, but EPA does reflect that feeling. Um, it had, when you factor in turnover luck, it had Utah State as almost 40 points better in this game. That feels about right. I, I think it was... That feels right. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was, right. um, it, was, it was significant. It was a significant margin between the two teams. It was, and it does feel good, even just like as a fan to watch this and to feel like the Aggies are just taking care of business again, where Utah State is clearly the better team and they just did what needed to be done. Yeah, um, That is something that, to your point, hasn't happened since the 2021 year. And before that, I mean, it was 20, uh, 2018, yeah. uh, probably where it just felt like, hey, we are the best team on our schedule or we are one of the best teams on our schedule and we're just going to take care of business against uh, teams that should be, in theory, evenly matched. Uh, definitely feels good to get to that point. Again, the score doesn't quite show that, but watching this game, Utah State was far and away the better team, uh, and they, they really just did take care of business. And so it, feel, it feels really good to kind of have that, um, you know, it seems like they're they're evolving into their final form finally and, and figuring themselves out. Um, before we do jump in, though, because I, I, I agree, like we're – let's start with the the same old thing is just that start. But uh, before we jump into how the Aggies start, let's also mention that uh, Stephen Cott Stanley, the, the punter, or, or Utah State's punter did get hurt. Yeah. Um, he's going to be out for the season. We'll probably talk a little bit more about that when we get to that point, but uh, just a little bit of kind of team news at the top. Yeah. Um, we see, you know, every time this happens, I feel like, you know, it's, it's football, it's a physical game. So we talked about this, unfortunately, yeah. Uh, you know, pretty often on the show, uh, what we've said before, I think goes, it sucks. Injuries are the worst part of sports. 
Uh, sucks to see a guy like that go down. Uh, a stellar player, a great dude, longtime Aggie. Um, just, just kind of sucks. But yeah, um, yeah. From the sounds, you know, it's a physical game. Yeah, from the sounds of it, at least, um, Blake Anderson sounded a lot more optimistic on Monday than he did on Saturday, which is understandable because yeah. he, he yeah. I'll, I'll 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 break the uh, the illusion here for people a little bit. On Saturday, the head coach has no idea what's going on with injuries. None. No clue. He <laughs> he does not know. It is not his um on on a Saturday during a game, it's not his job to know. It's the medical staff. They are they are responsible yep. for all of that. Yeah. Stephen constantly was not in the stadium. He was gone. He was off to the hospital. Blake Anderson cannot possibly he can't have a phone on the sidelines as we have as we've talked about. <laughs> As we talked about, yeah. that's not something that he's learning about during the game. It's not something that's on his mind. Um, and immediately after the game, he has not really had time to get updates on that. Uh, so after the game, he was he was pretty you know concerned, obviously for for his player, and and it was a it was a severe injury um, to his uh, I think to his ankle. Um, but on Monday, when he had a little bit more clarity, time to talk to Stephen, time to talk to the medical staff and people who were there, um, it sounds like it was a clean break, which is you know the best. The, the best you can really ask for that there wasn't complications from that. I think he had two broken bones in his ankle. Um, they set those, they did surgery early Sunday morning, late Saturday, you know, past Saturday at midnight into like 2am. I think, um, the surgery went well. He's got rods and rods and screws and plates and all of that stuff, all that metal in his, in his leg. And, and, um, it sounds like the healing process will be, pretty pretty clear and that it's not going to be terribly hopefully not terribly complicated and it, it sounds like Utah State will have him back next year which is very good news I you, you don't ever want to see somebody's career end not on their terms um, and that is right. you know the last thing that would be on his terms or anybody's terms is to have it end like that and it sounds like this will not yeah. be the last that we see of, of him which is very very good news I hope that that is obviously the case um, and, uh, you know, he, he went out with a, he went out in a blaze of glory, uh, which we're going to, we're going to talk about sort of play into the crowd. We're going to, we're going to talk about that later on. Um, and just that moment writ large, but, uh, sounds like he will be okay, which is, which is very good news. The, the Utah state medical staff does a very good job with this sort of thing and with all sorts of things. Um, and he's, uh, I think he's in, he's in good hands, which is good news. Yeah, no, that, that is good. Uh, and yeah, we, we will talk about that a little bit later. Uh, a little bit more later on um but just uh just kind of as a as a matter of news yeah, yeah constantly is is not going to be playing this it, season it will be back up uh it will be Ryan Marks's job moving forward as as Anderson said um yep. let me actually pull out my my little my little cheat sheet roster that I have here and give you a tiny bit of information about Ryan Marks cuz I'm going to be honest with you I have not done a ton of prep on the backup punter <laughs> Uh, yeah, is. backup punter uh, doesn't usually get the homework. I will say I'm from I'm from Farmington. Ryan Marks is from okay, Farmington. Okay. So, uh, he went to the new high school, the Farmington High School, where uh, you know that was not built back in back in the day when I was in high school. But um, my little brother blocked for this kid in Pee Wee. So okay, you know, yeah. way back in the day, Ryan Marks was uh, was a you know two position stud. He was yeah. a quarterback and a punter. <laughs> And so that's that's my claim to fame is my little brother blocked for uh, for Ryan Marks our, our new starting punter. There we but, go. 
um yeah you you take it away with the real uh the real research because that's yeah that, that means nothing to any of our listeners no i i i i like <laughs> that as an illumination because i think that often people do not realize that punters were also usually like punters specialists in general were they didn't start as punters usually they started as something like a very good athlete who was very good at yeah. what they did and then they just kind of eventually found their way to special teams but these yeah, guys a are, lot of these punters were probably the best player on their yeah, team for a lot of their childhood. Yeah, they are. Um, you don't get to this level if you are not some kind of athlete. If you are not a That's different true. level of athlete than most people in the world are. Um, yeah, Ryan Marks, just a little bit of very, very basic information. Five foot eleven, two hundred and fifteen pounds, redshirt freshman, like you said, from Farmington. Um, he has taken plenty of reps. He has gotten backup reps. I saw him early in the game when there was no reason for him to be warming up he was on the sidelines punting the ball into the net he was he was staying staying prepared um Blake said that he has full confidence in Ryan Marks I I don't have any reason really to to doubt that um he did get one punt in this game that was almost perfect it just hit inside of the uh inside of the end zone line for a touchback I don't remember how long it was. Let me <laughs> pull up the play-by-play on the punting. Um, the old punting play-by-play. Let's see. I was not prepped for this ahead of time. but <laughs> um, Let's see. I think it came from the Colorado State 40, it looks like. And he put it just inside of the end zone. But then as it, it bounces straight to the side and uh and goes out of bounds basically at like right next to the pylon it was a beautiful punt it was it was a really really yeah, beautiful it, it was it was um i think they'll be fine i i, I it's it's a it's a big bummer to to lose steven steven is a is an extremely well liked and respected member of the team as as blake alluded to on on saturday um, but I think that in terms of actual true, just punting production, um, Ryan Marks is, is capable. I, I think it will be, I think Utah I, State I, will be in good yeah. hands with him. I agree with that. And I'll also just add to that, like, um, us taking up time at the beginning of our show to talk about the punter. Yeah. That is anything but a waste of time. The punter is like a very, very legit position yeah. on a football team. And I, I think the people listening to our show are probably uh, pretty well versed in the game of football anyway. So they probably know this. I'm probably preaching to the choir a little bit, but yeah. Um, yeah let's uh, let's keep in mind how important that punters can, can be. So that, uh, is, that is a very significant, uh, very significant position change yeah. for sure. Yeah. This is also just a great, a great little five minute advertisement here for the egg ship podcast. Welcome to the egg ship podcast. Here's five minutes on punting. Um, that's really, that's what we <laughs> yeah. like to do around here. Um, all right, let's jump into this game, and uh, yeah, you, re- you really can't actually talk about the beginning of this game without talking about punting. There's a lot of punting involved in the beginning <laughs> of this game, and very little of it yeah. was good for Utah State. Um, you start the game with Colorado State on offense. Utah State forces a three and out. That will become a theme. We will we will touch on that again. Um, they uh, let me get the exact drive chart here. Uh, yeah, four yard rush, incomplete pass, uh, pass complete for five yards, and then they punt on fourth and one. Um, the punt, Patty Turner, the, the punter for Colorado State does this. It's a, it's a low drive that bounces a lot. And as it's bouncing, I don't remember which bounce it was. It was, it was several bounces in. It had been bouncing. It was not the first. <laughs> yeah, it was, it had been bouncing and it, it just glances off of Xavier Steele, who has been a, an excellent special teams player for Utah State for years and just was in the wrong place at the wrong time, I think here. And it, it bounces off of him. Colorado State recovers it. Um, and then on the, I guess, ensuing drive, uh, goes seven plays, 28 yards, kicks a field goal, 
Um, the big play was a 23-yard completion to Lewis Brown, the fourth on the sideline. Beautiful catch, really, really impressive catch. He did it um, right in front of where I was, and uh, I'm working on this. I'm not perfect at it. I did not get pictures because I didn't want to get run over. I need to just let myself get <laughs> run over. I have to understand that sometimes the ball is going to hit me. The picture is more important than my uh, not getting hit by a football or getting hit by a guy falling over. Um, but it was a really, really impressive catch. I, I saw it. I saw it close up. Um, and uh, and Colorado State gets a field goal to start the game that really was I I, I think was just a, a bad bounce. Really, just bad luck for Utah State that puts three points on the board. Yeah. Um, well, so a couple of things, like a couple of things. First, this is a, I, I apologize for not coming prepared with this information because I thought about it at the time and then I just, it, I spaced it and didn't go back to, to find the answer. Yeah. Do you know off the top of your head or have you, have you seen, was this the first time that we forced the three and out on our first defensive oh. uh, try? Um, off the top of my head, I would have to say that it is. I don't know. One of the first, at least. I mean, even yeah. Idaho State went out and yeah. not only got a first down, but scored on their first drive. So I oh, it, I, I thought I thought it was. Cause we, Iowa, we can check on that. Iowa scored on the first drive. I think Air Force scored on basically every drive, um, <laughs> at least for the first half. Uh, James Madison, I'm pretty sure, scored on the first drive. And then they just played UConn, and I think – UConn, it might have been. They, they, maybe they did. I don't remember exactly. Um, UConn, UConn is the only one that would be. Let me. I'll just pull up that that box score real quick. Oh, I think we may have. uh, We're in the dirt. I I am throwing the show off today. (laughs) We're in the dirt. We're down in the mud. We're we're not recording after dark ever again. (laughs) (laughs) No, I like. I like it. It's fun. Um, let me see here. You're. I I like to. uh, This is something I should have pulled for stat book. I didn't think about it. Um. Let's see here. So UConn. The only reason I think of it is because during the game when it happened, I kind of tongue in cheek, sarcastically said it to the guys I was sitting with, and then yeah. realized that it is uh, very possibly true. Yeah. So UConn did get a first down. UConn got two first downs on its first drive, and then Devin Dye got an interception. Um, That's right. So let me check the James Madison game real quick. I'm pretty sure they scored on the first drive, um, but I will. Uh, I'll be sure on that. But I, I'm. I'm pretty sure we can say that this was the first time Utah State has has done this, if my Gmail wants to uh, agree with me on this. Um, let's see. Yeah, James Madison scored one minute into a game, into the game. I have to assume that was its first drive. Um, so, yeah, this yeah, has safe, not happened before. Assumption. Okay. Utah State yeah, has so not done first this time yet. we force a three and out, of course, it doesn't uh, doesn't go the way you want, generally, a three and out to go, just giving no. them the ball right back. And I, I got to say, the special teams for Colorado State, um, they weren't overwhelmingly talented from what I saw, but they were very, very crafty. Yeah. Um, and they, I really, really liked it. I think that low live line drive punt at the college level is a beautiful, beautiful thing because yeah. mistakes are going to be made yes. quite often, as we saw with Utah State that has a very, I think, good and you know pretty formidable special teams made a huge, huge mistake and gave the ball right back. So yeah. you don't um, very crafty special teams move by the Rams. Unless I'm just I'm and I might just be underestimating the preparation of, of Nick Perimsky and, and Bobby Dodd, who are you know excellent at their jobs as the the special teams guys right. for Utah State. You don't usually practice that as a return team. You don't usually practice a guy, you know, beaming the ball into the dirt for twenty yards. Like that's it's sort of 
you you probably have done it a couple times just to prepare people for like, hey, don't touch the ball. Um, but the rule for a for a return team, as I as far as I've gathered, doesn't really go beyond, hey, don't touch the ball. And it's not something you spend a ton of time on because there are usually more important things on your mind. Um, Colorado State has done that a lot this year. That is sort of the way that Patty Turner likes to punt. Um, they, uh, yeah, they're, they're, I, I think crafty is probably the right word. They have, um, they, they've done good stuff on special teams this year. I wrote a full film, film preview of their special teams. Uh, they also, <laughs> as, as, will, as will become pretty important on this next drive, this next score, Utah State goes three and out. Boots a nearly 50-yard punt. Torrey Horton returns at 80 yards for a touchdown. Um, they also held quite a bit on pretty much every single return, and as Blake Anderson said in the game, he was he was not happy about that, and it just went... It it fell on deaf ears. Um, and I, I think that Colorado State... This is not... This is a, It sounds like a backhanded compliment. It's not. If you can do it, then it's not illegal. Um, Colorado State's very good at setting a very high baseline for what is and isn't holding. They, they do a really good job of playing the refs and kind of establishing right. a, a much higher threshold for what is called holding because they do it all the time. It is on everything that they do, and it's, it's, you can't call all of them, which is a yeah. – that's, that's a strategy. That's a legitimate strategy. They're good at it. They, 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 they did it successfully on pretty much every, every return that they had, and on that, Hor- on that Horton return, you see a lot of it. You, you, there's, there's just you – know, Utah State has to go and track him down and doesn't do it. He makes a great play. Um, but I, I think that Blake Anderson's, uh, concerns with that were probably justified a little bit. Right. So, so to go back to that first drive, Colorado state does punt, they get the ball back. Um, I, I will say, uh, as disappointed I am, as I am in the, the special teams for just giving that ball back, very impressed with the defense to be able to hold the yeah. Rams to just three. Um, and then, you know, of course, as you, as you alluded to, um, the next drive, we we go three and out, we punt, and it gets returned. So it, it quickly becomes ten, uh, thirteen to to, to zero. Um, but in all honesty, yeah. it very easily could have been fourteen to zero, uh, very very early on in this game. What that does to the pace of the game, I don't know. Utah State has been down by that much before, but I will say very impressive the defense to hold the Rams to three on that first drive. Yeah, their yeah. second drive. However, you want to cut that, but yeah. uh, holding them to a field goal when they easily should have been uh, putting up six or seven. Uh, it w- was great. Yeah, that's a that's a difficult situation for a defense. Not just like physically, right? Like the oh yeah, mentally play, too. Taking ten plays on the first drive after you got a three and out is not fun. Um, and they had you know on that on that drive you have a, a third and twelve conversion, the twenty three yard completion. That that stinks. That just it's not fun to do that as a defense. Um, especially where it's a play where I thought the coverage was good. We're going to talk about Avante Dickerson. I thought he was right on him. It was just a good catch. It was it was a it was a better throw, right. better catch against good coverage. Um, really hard to defend that, and you just kind of throw up your hands with that sort of thing. Um, to have to go back out onto the field after forcing a three and out, after forcing a, a really big first drive three and out, where you're like, okay, we're we're doing something. We're in the game. We're already ready to go. You got the special teams on. 
And then as a defense, you're just starting to sit down, get some water, and you hear your coaches yelling, you know, defense, defense, defense. You're just like, oh, man, I don't want to go back out there. I just did this. <laughs> I don't want right, yeah, to go it's... back out onto the field. And then they have to do it again. Um, you know, they, they it's yeah. – uh, we, we have I, – I, honestly, I don't know if I've ever seen this before. You have two Colorado State drives and then two Utah straight State drives to start this game. It, it, there was no alternating until the fifth drive of the game because of that, that Torrey Horton punt return. Utah State goes out um, as one completion and then throws an interception. Um, TJ Crandall, the cornerback, made a really good play on a Cooper Lega ball. Um, Lega, I thought, actually had a really inter- interesting answer in the post game. I don't have the quote in front of me. I could get it in front of me real quick. But um, basically, he said that he didn't think they could make those plays. Um, he, yeah, he said. Watching film, I expected there to be enough separation to just put the ball right on the receiver. That's what I was trying to do at the start. The defensive backs made two really good plays that I haven't seen them make all year, and I was the one who paid for it. The offense started off badly, and a lot of that was me with the wrong ball selection. I really, I realized they really came to play and that I needed to put it out where the guys could go get it. I saw what they were doing and how they were playing it, and I adjusted. That's a really interesting answer. I don't, you don't usually hear very quarterback yeah. say that. Um, that's I, I like that. I appreciate it. Lagal was very. I'm probably going to quote him a couple times in this. He was very blunt after the game in a in a way that was pretty refreshing. He um, was, yeah. He uh, he even said later on, "I knew I could play like this, and I feel like I'm not going to screw up my chance again if I get it. I have to just calm down and play confidently. What's the worst thing that can happen? I get benched." <laughs> Which was really funny. He said it in a very yeah, monotone very voice, funny. and so I don't think anybody in the press room like laughed, but it was funny. It was a funny joke. He, I, I, I he has a couple it. of those where he just kind of, the way he talks is not very, he, uh, he doesn't show a lot of emotion. It doesn't, so it, like, yeah, it doesn't sound like he's joking, but he is. Yeah, <laughs> just, we'll crack one of very those jokes off, and you don't realize until later, and you're like, wow, that, that, that yeah. was funny. This is, yeah. He's a funny guy. Yeah, I that's a it's a it's a it, it's like his jokes are like a punch to the gut. It's just very very dry, very quick. I uh, I appreciate it. I, I we don't usually talk about that sort of thing on the show, but um, Cooper Lagasse humor, I, I I enjoy it. It was good. Um, but I, I like that answer. I think that that is a legitimate. Like okay, yeah, I get it. That's you know you you I had not seen these guys make those plays either. I had not seen. TJ Crandall, who's a true freshman, do that. I think he he jumped the pass really well. He made a really good play. And um, not long after, Colorado State has an 11-yard completion to Torrey Horton and then a 22-yard touchdown run to uh, to go up 17-0. Um, you know, Utah State, not, not the start they wanted. It's another 17-0 deficit, but... It's one of those things, and, and we you know we talked about this, it felt kind of different because a lot of it just felt like bad luck. A lot of it felt like bounces that went the wrong way. You know, a punt return is a punt return, and you have to stop it, but also he went 80 yards, and sometimes that just happens, and it doesn't happen a lot. You have a ball bounce off of somebody. You have an interception by somebody who, who made a play that you haven't really seen him make before, and Colorado State goes right back out onto the field against a very tired and, you know, kind of frustrated with the whole situation, Utah State defense, um, in very good field position on the 33 and then scores. Uh, it's a 17-0 start, but it's a 17-0 start that doesn't necessarily, it wasn't like dominant. It wasn't like Colorado State was just blowing them off the ball, was, you know, the, the defensive line was playing very well and had had already done some damage to Utah State's passing attack and just in general the offense, but it was just one of those things where it's like, okay, yeah, that's sometimes it's going to happen, and it's a it's a confluence of bad events, but it's not the end of the world. 
Right. And, you know, to your point, it was 10 to zero before we even had our first like alternating drive, alternating possession. Like this game, this matchup is always weird. And I will say for how kind of normal it ended because we were blowing them out by the end of the game. Uh, the start was very weird, it, yeah. you know, for Colorado State to have two drives, three points, Utah State, two drives, doesn't do anything. And then, you know, gets, uh, it gets the ball back and Colorado State scores on their first uh, possession after that. Um, it was, it was weird for sure, but very much it was just watching it. It never felt even at that point when we were down 17 to zero, uh, it never felt like they were dominating us. It just felt like, man, like what else could go wrong? You know, yeah. like the, every, every, anything that could go, you know, any, any loose ball that's going towards Colorado state is doing just that. Yeah. Um, their luck ran out pretty much immediately after that. And, uh, and they, they, you know, as the final score would suggest, they only scored three more points or uh, they, they only scored one more touchdown uh, the rest of the night. So yeah. Once Utah State got settled in and just got the weird stuff out of the way, it, it was not close, as we as we mentioned at the top of the show. Yeah, on those first Colorado State drives, they, they barely gain more than 60 yards and they score 17 points. It's just not it's not standard, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not, it's <laughs> yeah, not usually, not it's not usually going to happen like that. And it's, it's, um, you don't want it to happen. And I think Utah state will probably work the punt coverage more this week than it has in past weeks because of that, especially as they work in a new punter. Um, but what more are you going to do? Honestly, what more are you going to do? It was not necessarily, you know, the offense didn't start super well. And, and I think Colorado state's Defense and defensive line, like I said, had a had a lot to do with that. And Utah State worked its way through some of those issues and, and found some ways to move the ball offensively. Um, but it was uh, it just it happens. It, it it happens. And and for Utah State, where everyone is very sensitive to this happening right now because of how many times it has happened the normal way. How many times Utah State has just been blown off the field in the first quarter? This was not that. This was not Utah State just being unprepared, uh, not, not ready to go. This was, uh, you know, a, a curveball on the first pitch and you're like, Oh, well, I didn't really, I wasn't really prepared for a curveball on the first pitch. You don't really, yeah. you don't really, you don't really expect for this sort of thing to, uh, to happen. You don't usually come into a game preparing to be down 17, nothing six minutes in without the other offense really doing much of much of anything. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, same same result, kind of different recipe. Yeah, um, Utah State still finding a way to go down seventeen zero before they get their first points on the board, but yeah, it did look and feel very different. It, it still is a problem, right? Yeah. Like it's still I I know that it looked different and that it happened in a very different way, but the bottom line is this is going to be I think you know something we talk about a lot this week uh, going into this uh, you know quick turnaround Friday night game against Fresno State. If there's a team on this schedule left that you can't spot 17 points, it's these guys. No. Um, no very no. similar to what Air Force did. I mean, Air Force, you're not going to beat Air Force if you spot them 17 or 22, 24 points, whatever it was. Um, you can you can try all you want. There just isn't going to be enough football to play to come back against, you know, Fresno State or some of these other teams on the schedule. So, yeah, it, it did look different, but it's still something just – you got to find a way to, to not let that happen. And, and, you know, as, as weird as it was, let's not, um, let's also not take away that some of these were mistakes. I mean, you, you can't let the ball bounce into you yeah. Um, yeah. when you're, when you're on the punting team. I mean, that is, it's weird. And it's something that kind of just happens. It's a freak accident, but yeah. 
you know, it, there was a mistake made, obviously. Yeah. You don't it, go down just, 17-0 without at least a few mistakes. And so yeah. still some issues there, but different issues. We, we found a different way to get there um, I, before I, we kind of erupted and, and took off. I do like the idea of Utah State just finding increasingly bizarre ways to go down 17 nothing at the beginning of a game. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're, like, they're addicted to it. They yeah, need it. Yeah. Like, oh, well, we, we kicked an onside kick on the first play, and they returned it for a touchdown somehow. So, oh, well. Yeah, <laughs> okay. There's, there's dudes yeah. on the sideline like getting jittery when we get our first like three and out. They're like, this, what? No, no, no. We have to, oh, <laughs> we have to mess it up. But, oh. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how they continue <laughs> how to they, just uh, four-speed points to our opponents yeah. in the first quarter. Yeah. Yeah, six consecutive safeties on their first six drives. <laughs> what are you even doing? Just stop snapping the ball. Yeah, just, yeah, just, take just, knee. Knee <laughs> yeah. just take a knee. Just take a knee. Don't even try. Oh, just, just stop doing it. Yeah, just... just. I, I will say to, to Cooper, that might not be the worst strategy for Cooper. Let me give you a note on, uh, on Cooper. Um, this is courtesy of Jason Walker. I don't remember who he writes for right oh, now. Cash Valley um, Daily. But he, yeah, Cash Valley That's Daily. right, Cash Valley Daily. Yep. Um, so he pointed out on Twitter, Cooper Lagasse started tonight's game. This was the night of the game, obviously, Saturday night. Um, two for nine for 21 yards and two interceptions. Yep. The rest of the Four game, he went. Well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The rest of the night, he went 17 for 20 for 366 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. His first nine throws, he threw two complete passes and two interceptions. Yeah. Yeah. And then turned around and went 17 of 20, 366 yards, four touchdowns. <laughs> like maybe there is something to that. Maybe Cooper yeah. should just go out there and take a knee in his own end zone because yeah. something about uh, something about the way he plays, he started very, very cold. Uh, and again, you know, like we were saying, um, the part of it was just kind of a weird start to this game, but part of it was obviously the offense did take a, take a minute to really get going. The defense came out ready to play, but yeah. um, Cooper throwing – you know, a complete pass per interception for his first nine throws of the game. That's is, not good. Is the, not good. No, the interception rate on that is not ideal. Um, no. And to his credit, he did turn it around and he, he had, sure did. I think a record breaking game the rest <laughs> yeah. of the way. Yeah, he sure um, did. But very, very poor start. Yeah, yeah, and, and this team I, is weird, man. This, this team is very weird. I, I do. This team is fun. Yeah, I, do, I do. It, it was <laughs> once they got going, man. We're, we're, we're going to talk about it. Whew, wow. They uh they really got going. They got going in a in a pretty significant way. Um I do almost They went from like, two thousand eight to two thousand eighteen real quick. Yeah, I, I do I do almost wonder like this is an old football cliche. This is something that they used to they would say on like the NFL films, you know, with the, the old timey you know, radio voice announcer that he's got, he's got to be hit to get into the game, right? The quarterback has to, he's got to take a couple hits before he can get going. He's got to get jumped into the game. He doesn't really, he's, he's just, he doesn't find a flow until he's been hit a couple times. Um, I wonder if Cooper just has that. I wonder if that's just like, that is actually something for Cooper is that he doesn't really get the feel of the game until he's been hit a couple times. And he, he's, he feels like physically yeah. involved because he got hit quite a few times in the first quarter. He got sacked four times um, and, you know, ran a couple times and certainly got hit on those as well. Uh, and then he was fine. <laughs> and then he was just fine. Yeah. And I mean, that was it. You're, it was you're just, not playing football until you catch a helmet in your ribs, apparently. I for, guess. For Cooper 
I guess I would have pegged uh, Levi Williams as that guy. Yeah. I would have not guessed uh, uh, Cooper to be that guy. I would have. Uh, I mean, as the Levi team... seems like the guy to be like hitting himself with his own helmet to hype himself up. But, yeah, they're they're putting him I on mean... kickoff. They're getting him hit as early as possible. <laughs> yeah. He's playing every position on the team except for quarterback. They're <laughs> putting yeah. him out everywhere. So, <laughs> Levi Williams taking snaps at safety today. All right, yeah, sure, yeah. why not? Um, I, he might actually. <laughs> yeah, maybe he might, not a, maybe not he, a safety, but a linebacker. Yeah, maybe a, maybe a specialty Levi Williams linebacker package that would be fun that would be really we'll fun i don't know if he's <laughs> ever done Nevada. that before pull, but pull that might be Nevada. yeah that might be a good time um i look forward to when they're doing that in, in in two weeks we can't take any credit for that but i i do i am excited for that to happen um <laughs> i mean i guess they they love to say on the tv broadcast that, that cooper was a you know a state wrestling champion he is physical he's a physical guy he, he, can, he can certainly right. he can certainly take a hit and that's that's a that's a quality in a quarterback that makes a coach very nervous. But he can he can do it. He has taken plenty of hits and he almost always gets right back up. Um, mm-hmm. And he took some in this one, and then he got right back up and delivered, like you said, a, a record breaking historic performance. Um, and uh, it really started. I, I don't think you can really talk about the offense clicking because it didn't until you talk about the defense when the defense really settling in. Um, after that touchdown to make it 17 nothing, Utah State forces, well, Utah State goes three and out, um, doesn't really have anything going on, rushes for zero yards, incomplete pass, and then a sack on third and 10. Um, but then the, the Utah State defense in a pretty crucial spot uh, just blanks them, just, just comes right out and blanks them, three straight incomplete passes. Um, there's a holding penalty on third and 10 that was declined on, uh, on Colorado State's offensive line. Uh, nothing going. Colorado State punts, Utah State fields it successfully this time, and this is when it really starts going, when the offense gets a feel for like, okay, the defense is is up for this, the defense is ready to go, the defense has a lot of answers, as we will find out, for the passing attack, like way more answers than anyone has ever had against this specific Colorado State passing attack, Um, and the offense gets going, the offense just runs the ball for the first five plays of the ensuing drive, four yards, four yards, five yards, nine yards, two yards, takes a sack, 17-yard completion, gets into field goal range. Um, and uh, is this this isn't even when Elliott Nimrod hits the kick. No, they take a penalty, are pushed out of field goal range, force another three and out, and then they get a field goal at the end of the first quarter. Again, just running the ball. Russell Faison for nine yards, Russell Faison for four yards. Lagai incomplete pass, rush for five yards. Elliott Nimrod comes out and hits a 43-yarder to put Utah State on the board in the first quarter against an FBS opponent for the first time since last November. Um, they 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 started this game with a lot of really good defense after that bad start, and that turned into offense, and largely it turned into running the ball, which I, I thought was really encouraging that they could do that and that they, they finally just did it. You can just do that. You have three running backs who are, I think, very good, very clearly good. They were all outstanding in this game. Davon Booth had maybe the best game we have ever seen him have, and he's not played that many games. Um, I don't remember exactly his stat line. It was good. It was really good. Um, he had 141 yards on, so on 14 carries, two touchdowns, two touchdowns, 141 yards on 14 carries. Briggs adds 80 not yards on night. 19 carries. Faison checks in as sort of a change of speed guy and changes the speed 51 yards on nine carries. 
Um, I was talking to uh, another photographer on the field during the third or fourth quarter when Faison was taking a, a couple more snaps about like, boy, what a nightmare it is to to defend Davon Booth and Robert Briggs for most of the game, and then they send in this this guy, just just very lanky, very hard to tackle, um, very hard to even get your hands on. Um, that is a that's a pretty significant and and pretty devastating change of pace. I was really happy to see Utah State in the first quarter just realize like, hey, we could just run the ball. We don't really need to let them pass. You know, we don't really need to let them rush the passer. Cooper makes the completion to Micah Davis, but other than that, the pass game was not going, was not working. They were getting too much pressure. They didn't have time to do anything. They just ran right at them, and they had success doing it, and they, they managed to work their way down the field and get a field goal. And just I think that seeing that happen, seeing that progress, seeing points go on the board was really important for both sides of the ball, but especially for the offense as it started to get going. Yeah, it was a great answer to not being able to protect Cooper for long yeah. enough to get the passing game going. Um there's okay, no, just run the ball. I'll say there is no better way to wear a defensive line down than just running right through them. Um, that is yeah. that you, they're not going to wear out any quicker than that. You you just beat them physically, and that was really the game plan for Utah State throughout. Yeah. And, and Blake said as much after the game. Like we we knew it could be like this coming in, where it would be explosive, it would be flashy. We just had to keep fighting, keep punching, and eventually they would they would you know tire out. And that's exactly what happened. Utah State came in. Took the took the early explosives, uh, quite a few of them, and just kept punching. And, and Colorado State really physically did not have an answer for it. And, and Utah State's offensive line and offense writ large were able to really settle into the game beyond that once they had just gotten past that initial wave of, of energy from the Colorado State front. Yeah, and again, this is uh, we've said it on the show before. We'll probably say this on the show more often than not. Uh, that is how this team is designed. They are not designed yep. to be bigger than you. They're designed to be faster than you and to tire you out. Yeah. Um, this is a fourth quarter team. Again, you know, when they have to be. Um, this Colorado State game was pretty much out of hand by the fourth quarter. Yep. But this is a team that can really, uh, really, you know, put it into a higher gear when it needs to deep into games when other teams are, are running out of gas. And that's... Yep. Uh, that is very much by design. And I, I'll give credit to uh, a, a coach and a, a guy who I I like a lot, who I've been impressed with when I've talked to him. Uh, strength and conditioning coach Paul Jackson does a really, really good job for this team. And I, I know that it does not... The, the way that this team looks is not how you would traditionally, if you are just like, you know, watching football every, every Saturday. You th- This is not how you would expect a football team to look. There are some, you know, in, in football coach parlance there are some skinny ankles down there there are some guys who are not huge there are some guys who are not huge in positions where you usually see pretty big guys Kyan Sloan is not a big dude at defensive end um, but that is inherent to the way that Blake Anderson wants to do things and why he brought Paul Jackson is in is that Paul Jackson understands that and is willing to work around that these guys are built to to play in the third and fourth quarter they are built to not lose stamina really and the the endurance of the team the conditioning of the team is really really impressive and you see it shine in, in games like this that they can withstand an early just just you know blast of points and blast of physicality and keep going and keep fighting keep chipping away and continue to have that energy and to be swarming in the third or fourth quarter you you play enough snaps against these guys on either side of the ball and they they took plenty I think they had 84 offensive snaps. Colorado State had 83. 
you play enough and it's going to wear on you because most teams don't prepare like that. Most teams don't build like that. They're, they're bigger. They're not really built to play that much. They're not really built to be on the field for that long and take that many hits. And Utah State is really, really well conditioned for those long 12-round fights. That's what they want. They want it to be a full game. They want to drag you into the last rounds where you're sucking for air and they're still just they don't they're not sweating right and you're just like how is this guy still how is he still doing this how is he still moving like that it's hard to deal with it's really hard to deal with yeah so paul jackson i will say um blake anderson has made some really good hires in his short time here yeah paul jackson might be the best he's awesome um, he's really and really, that's really really, really we're talking from bonda the, the special teams unit that he has Paul Jackson, I'll say that I'm surprised he's still here. I, I thought yeah. he was uh, he was very he's been impressive this entire time. Let me just read through the schools that he was at uh, before in different yeah. um, different capacities and, and such. But uh, a great great pedigree here. Um, LSU, Miami, Ohio, Southern Miss, Ole Miss, South Carolina, and now here at Utah State. Um, he's trained with some big dudes, and yeah. he is uh, um, listed as the director of athletic development. He could not be doing a better job. I think he is, he is fantastic. He is so good at his job, getting these dudes into shape. Um, It's, it's great. I'm surprised he's still here. I hope he's here forever. Yeah. Yeah. For the, uh, for the real strength and conditioning heads out there, I don't know that there are any listening to the podcast, but this is something that I know about and I just, I'll just say it. And if you know, you know, he's a Tommy Moffat guy, Tommy Moffat, legendary, legendary strength and conditioning coach. Paul Jackson is Tommy Moffat all the way. He's from that tree. He's very good at what he does. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, as as this game gets going, as it gets into the second quarter, this is where you really, really start to see the Utah State defense shine. And I think that that was the offense is going to do some things as we talk about in this in this recap that are very impressive. That are something we haven't seen in a while from this program um, against this caliber of opponent. Uh, the defense here was really, really, really outstanding. Really, really good. Um, this first drive of the second quarter, Colorado State starts in the first quarter, but uh, works its way down the field, running the ball fairly well. They ran more than I expected them to here. That They found a lot more success with that early than they did late, which I'll tie right back into conditioning. They're not built to do that, and they're not very good at it. And they got tired, and they just couldn't really do it in the third and fourth quarter. And also... They were down, and they needed to try and make up ground. Um, Utah State gets itself. It's on the forty on its own forty-yard line. Braden Fowler Nicolosi drops back, throws the ball, thinks he's got a deep shot to Tory Horton. Um, had him, had him open, and then he didn't. <laughs> as soon as he had him open, he didn't. And there's a there's a man responsible for that, Parker, who we talk about quite a bit on this show, and we're gonna have to talk about a little bit more here because he just. You can't avoid him when you watch these games, and Colorado State certainly couldn't. Ike Larson took the ball away from one of the best receivers in the country. Just took it away. Just came right in and grabbed it. Said, nope, I'm I'm stronger than you. I'm better than you. I'm going to take the ball. He is. He's better. He's a better player than he Tori is, Horton. He is stronger than and better than... He just is a lot of a lot of players. <laughs> <laughs> he just is. This is an NFL receiver. This is a guy who's going to make a lot of money playing this sport. Ike Larson's a better player. He just is straight up. He just Ike is. Ike Larson's also going to make a lot of money. Oh playing yeah, this sport. Ike Larson's going to make a lot of money playing this sport a lot sooner than than later. Um, he unfortunately for for us, uh, yeah, for us, unfortunately, but also as we talked about for the premium listeners, um, 
it's it's a it's a building block. You send a guy it like is. Ike Larson to the next level, and he goes and and does what I think he's going to do. Um, yeah, more safeties want to play for you. More safeties want to go do yeah. what Ike did. Uh, he's a special player. He's a really, really, really and, special uh, player. He goes. And I, just, I just the kind of guy you want making a lot of money because he's gonna he's gonna donate his fair share to university <laughs> yeah. as well. He's a, he's a yeah. true actor. He'll, sure. he'll be he'll be um, around. I think. And um, he's he's a great ambassador for the game and for Utah State. Yeah. So uh, it's bittersweet, but uh, that dude's gonna be playing on Sundays sooner than later. Yeah, he is, and he deserves it. He is a uh, yeah. he's a Sunday player. He just is. He's a Sunday player. I think he's going to be very very popular at at that level. Um, both going into and then throughout what I would expect to be a, a long career. He's he's a really, really, really impressive guy. Um, and just goes, takes takes the ball and ends the drive. Utah State had to find a way to stop this drive. You know, Colorado State was finding some some success specifically on the ground. Hadn't really done a, a ton through the air um, and was starting to, you know, feel itself a little bit, starting to get a little bit of confidence, takes that deep shot and just snuffed out, just, just, just grabs it in the end zone. Um, huge play, huge, huge momentum changing play. Utah state doesn't do anything with it on the ensuing drive. Doesn't really, uh, it gains three yards and then you have another Cooper Lagai interception, uh, which we talked about those earlier. Um, but still a, a massive play on, on a first and 10 on what looked like a really promising drive to just end it from, from Ike Larson. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, to take a ball like that out of the end zone, it's just, well, we, we've talked about some of those like mentally just devastating things. And Ike Larson does a lot of them, you know, blocking a PAT. Um, you know, we talked earlier in the show about getting a three and out and then not having a three and out and how that can just be demoralizing. Yeah. Um, this is one of those things. Ike Larson, and we, you know, we talked about it, I think, on the premium show last week. Um, he is not a guy you want to make mistakes to because he, no. he will make them hurt. Yeah. You know, he makes them personal. Uh, to take a ball away in the end zone, you're thinking, I got six points. What you have is a turnover because yeah. and you're going to hear Ike about Larson it. is that guy. You're going to yeah. hear about it, and Tory Tory Horton heard about it. I was I was not far away when I when that play <laughs> happened. I was taking pictures. Tory Horton heard about it <laughs> like a lot. He he really did not stop hearing about it throughout the game, and and um, I think Utah State did a really really good job of getting into his head, and really he he left the game fairly early on with an injury, but he was not effective when he was on the field, and I think that Utah State was the reason for that. I don't think it was just him having an off night. Utah State knocked him off his game, completely knocked him off yeah. his game. That's a really yeah, good play. They did. They- they, they took, as you said, an NFL player in Torrey Horton and uh, and really just neutralized his ability to, to make a difference in the game. He's a difference maker. That's what he does. Yeah. Uh, unable to do that. Um, again, he, he did come out early, but his his final line for the night was three receptions for only 20 yards. Yeah. Um, not not good. Uh, not no. good for, for the time that he was in. He's, um, yeah, Utah State definitely had an answer for him. Yeah, and, and his, his name was Ike Larson. <laughs> his name was Ike Larson, and and it was it, there were a couple other guys involved with that too, who I do want to shout out as we talk about this defense. On the whole, outside of the first quarter, um, Colorado State gained 235 yards of total offense in the last three frames. That's not enough. That's not that's not enough yards. That is not good for that offense. That's a good offense who has put a lot of points on the board against good teams, against solid teams. They pushed yeah. Colorado to the absolute brink, and Utah State's defense in this game was 
really, really, really special. Really excellent performance from them. They were prepared. They came out. They were physical. They, I think, set the tone with their tackles, with the way that they were covering these guys, with the way that they got pressure. They got pressure. They didn't get sacks. They had one sack they on did. the day. They had. Yeah. They were credited for the in this game, and it, I think this is this is about what it felt like with 14 pressures. Braden Fowler Nicolosi was not comfortable back there, and they forced him into a lot of throws that he did not want to make. And Ike gets another interception a little bit later on in the second quarter, um, with a with a really really nice hurry from uh, from Halle up front. Uh, this was a complete effort from Utah State's defense from front to back. And one of the guys who I, I wrote about specifically in my cover story, and I, I just I want to shout out on this, you know, in this medium as well, Avante Dickerson, who we talked about a couple times this season as like wanting to see him on the field more, wanting to see a guy like that who is very talented, prototype cornerback size. You have a smaller cornerback one in Mike Onyanwu, who I thought also played really well here. Um, JD Drew was out for this game. I don't know if he's hurt or what the deal was. I don't think I saw him. Um, he was, he might've been there. I wasn't looking super closely, but, uh, he didn't play. He wasn't on the field and Avante Dickerson gets the start, plays a career high for snaps. 68 has not played that many snaps since high school. Didn't play that many at Oregon, um, and draws for much of the game. Some of the best receivers in the conference, you know, draws Torrey Horton in man coverage, draws Lewis Brown in man coverage, uh, Justice Ross Simmons, like he, those are tough matchups, especially for a guy in this moment, taking, you know, taking his first significant snaps, taking a start, starting the full game. He took, like I said, 68 snaps, um, didn't leave the field a whole lot, four receptions for 54 yards and 23 of those yards come on one completion. That is about as well as you could possibly ask that guy to play. He was fantastic. He was fantastic in this game. Rising to the moment, calm under pressure. Um, they picked on him. They, they had nine targets, and he was just, he was a wall. He was a brick wall. They could not get past him. They could not get open against him. Um, he was confident. He was talking the whole time. He was, he was not afraid at all of who was lined up against him. You really, really get to see with this performance, why Utah State wanted a guy like that, why they went out and got him, why they were so keen on getting him and getting him eligible for this season. He is a difference maker when he's on the field. He is a he's a very, very talented guy, and he knows it, and that is a very dangerous cornerback. That's what you want from your cornerbacks. You want somebody who's good and knows he's good, and he was he was really impressive in this game. Yeah, he, he was awesome. Had kind of a, a quiet... Um a quiet night in the traditional sense, only two tackles, one of them solo. Um, but that's, that's simply because he wasn't letting his man catch the ball. So he had, didn't no. have anyone to tackle. Yeah. He had, he um, had his hands full in coverage. They didn't really need him for tackling. They had other guys to do that. If your cornerback isn't, yeah. isn't, if you're not hearing a cornerback's name called very often against this offense, he's doing a good job. He's doing a really good yeah. job. Yeah. You, you want your cornerbacks to only have two tackles uh, because that means they, they were not able to get the ball out to, uh, to whoever he was in coverage against, uh, yeah. that that is the case with Avante Dickerson. This game, he was uh, he was lights out. He was very very difficult, very pesky, uh, and a guy that I think, as you mentioned, nine targets. Um, I think they thought they could sneak something by him. Yeah, they were wrong. Yeah, they they thought they had found the fish, right? They thought that though this is a new starter. He's he's playing in in relief. Um, he you can you can we can get some easy yards on him. We can get into rhythm by throwing on him. No. 
no, was not the case. There was nobody on this defense that you could throw on comfortably. And uh, the stats, you know, bear that out. Braden Fowler Nicolosi finishes 26 of 57 passing for 225 yards. That's 3.9 yards per attempt. That is not good. If, you don't, if you're not up on yards per attempt, you want more than that. That's not good. Um, he, outside of the scoring drive that they had in the, in the, the fourth quarter, when the game was already kind of out of hand, uh, he was 20 of 48 for 181 yards. He was not good. And it was Utah state that, that did that. It was not just him playing poorly. This was, uh, they blanketed on, they, they completely blanketed them. They really shut down a very, very dangerous passing attack in a way that nobody else has in, a while, and they've done this to Tory Horton now back-to-back seasons. They're the only team that has done this against him, um, and it was it was just it was like I said earlier, it was comprehensive. I, th- I thought that the plan from from Mitch White and Joe Cawthon was excellent, and I thought that the execution was even better. Yeah, very very well rounded. Uh, you mentioned the the average. Braden Fowler Nicolosi is still averaging after this game eight yards per. Uh, per attempt, that's yep. even after just the, yeah, he, the terrible performance. He, he in came in at almost. The way that he, he came in at almost ten, if I remember right. It was like nine point six or something like that. Yeah, it, it was high. We we talked about that on the preview. We kind of went through some of their receivers. They average a lot. They or they they, they average uh, a lot of yards. Yeah, they, they were third they get a lot I think, nationally in passing yards per game. It was quite a bit. It was it was quite yeah. a bit of yards. Yeah, and so for us to do that to this offense, I mean. That was we talked about it. That that was their one strength. This is a team that does not run the ball. That that really showed this game. I think they got more yards than even they're used to at ninety five. But yeah, um, they like to throw the ball, and they they were not able to do that. No, they were not. It was really defensively, I I thought, and honestly, offensively as well, because Utah State really down the stretch picked on some of the better defenders on this team. Um, which we're, we're going to talk about in just a second. Yeah, um, yeah. But Utah State here, I thought the, the game plan was really just to, and we've not seen this a ton from Utah State, and I think it's a good look. I think it's a good look for them, was to come out and just say, we're going to beat you at what you are good at. We're going to go out and we're going to beat your stars. We think our guys are better than yours. We think that our corners, our first-time starting corner, is better than your all-world leading receiver. And he's going to go and prove it. He's going to go and do it. And you can try to throw over the top. You have him beat deep. Somebody's there. And it's probably Ike Larson. <laughs> There's a very good chance. <laughs> yeah. There's a very good chance that if you throw the ball down the field, Ike Larson is going to be there. And it's not a favorable matchup if you're an offense. It never is. It's yeah. even for the guy who came into the game, into the game, you know, leading the nation in receptions. It's hard to do. It's hard to beat that guy. It's really, really, really hard to beat that guy. Um, and, uh, I, I think that that confidence that Utah state came into the game with, with the game plan, the way that they wanted to do this, where they weren't just picking away at the margins, they were attacking the strengths. They were saying, we're better than you and we're going to show it. It, it, it turned into production. It, It turned into confidence on the field and it turned into, honestly, the thing that, that really stood out to me just throughout the game is as kind of a theme for Utah State, it felt like they were having a lot of fun. And it, you've not been able to say that about this program a lot over the last year or, or you know, or so. It didn't really ever feel like they were having fun last year, even when they were winning. And this game, it felt like they they knew they were better and they were having a really, really good time letting everybody else know about it. Yeah, they, they were and and last year i mean yeah even when they were winning they only won six games last year 
which is just about where I think the floor should be for this program year in, year out, kind yeah. of a, a year that I'd like to see be one of the worst years of, uh, you know, that we have in a long time. Uh, but even then, when we were down 17-0 in this game, uh, I, I mean, you could tell they don't want to be down 17-0, but they were still into this game. That's that's how you come back. They were they were a high energy. They're enjoying playing football, uh, which is, you know you're supposed to. You're out. You're playing football. It's a it's a sport. It's, it's fun. Deep. It's fun. This system um, is fun when it's working. It's, it's really yeah, fun. It it's, should be. It should it's, be when it's, it's working. It's a yeah. fun approach to football. They're going really fast and on defense. They're flying around like that's that's fun. It should be fun. You should have fun with it. And I think something we've touched on a couple times on this podcast, and I, I think that it was really apparent here, Utah State has plenty of reason to be confident. I don't know why there has been yeah, this kind of yeah. caution at, at times. Like, th- I know that it's a young team. I know that they make the mistakes and they have the inexperience and all that stuff. Um, they're good. They're good. The players are they're good, really man. Good. They're talented. They're really talented. There's and and a, deeper than yeah. I have given them credit for. They're they're a deep team. They're fun. Yeah, they're and, good. And just just <laughs> let them let them do it. Let, let them go play. Don't get in your own way. You don't have to make it too complicated. They're good. Just let them go yeah. play. You know, let, let every them once win in a while you see something on Twitter like uh, you know start start circulating and it'll be kind of a screenshot of of this statistic or that statistic saying hey if you were a wide receiver or a linebacker or kind of just fill in the blank like if you were. X position, Y position. Why wouldn't you want to play for this program? Yeah, it looks, um, it looks I, like, like fun. I've seen enough. Like if you're, if you're a football player, <laughs> it looked like they were stop. having a good if time. If you like football, why would you not want to come play for Blake Anderson and this team? I mean, it's fun. But in special teams, defense, offense, everybody's getting a lot of of production. It's making everybody look good. When you do your job on this team, you look really, really good. Like Ike Larson is a perfect example. Like, yes, he is head and shoulders above average. He's a very, very talented football player. But when he does his job on special teams and on on defense, he looks really, really good. Yeah. Uh, And the same can be said, of course, of some of the receivers that we had in this game, which I think we're getting to. We're going to talk about that for sure. Yeah. Um, If you like catching touchdowns, if you like having a lot of yards, why would you not want to come play for this team? I think like this is a fun team. It's a fun system uh, across the board, really. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that they're really – they're they're rediscovering their their comfort. They had this in 2021 because they had a whole lot of guys that they trusted to go make plays. I don't think right. last year and and Blake has at this point just about said this. I don't know that he's ever going to come out and say it directly, but like I'm I can read between the lines. They didn't have the guys last year that they could trust, right? That they felt they could trust to go and make plays. They just didn't. Yeah, they it, just didn't. He's not going to say it any more clearly than he already has. But yeah, they didn't trust the guys. Secret. They didn't trust the yeah. guys, and it was pretty understandable why. They had guys on the sidelines during blowout losses talking to people in the stands. Don't do that. <laughs> Get back on the yeah, side. The game's luck. not bad over. Luck. Don't do that. You're what are you doing? You're a starting receiver. What are you doing? Stop talking to somebody in the stands. It's the third quarter. You're, you have to go in again. Just get yeah. away from the stands. Don't do that. You shouldn't have to have. I'm, I'm the guy's not here now anymore. Um, I, I could just, I can just say the story if I remember his name. Um, Justin McGriff during the bowl game. Ike Larson had to pull. Ike Larson was not playing. Ike Larson, redshirt freshman, had to pull Justin McGriff away from the stands during the third quarter of the bowl game. That's a senior receiver, starting receiver. It's not hard to understand why they didn't trust those guys. I'm just. Yeah. It is what it is. I don't think I need to play coy about it. They were not trustworthy. Yeah. <laughs> they just weren't. And, and <laughs> McGriff, not to dwell too much on the past, I mean, that is a receiver that should have been very, very good. I mean, he yeah. was he was 
taller and longer than just about every corner you could put on him. Uh, he should have been. He should have been better. No, and your and, and your redshirt freshman shouldn't have to do that. That should be something that a senior knows, and it was a problem. It, do, it does say a lot about Ike, though. By yeah, the way, yeah, it does. He's really, really. I, I have stories to tell about Ike. I mean, he is just. He has. Um. He's that guy. Heart of gold. I think he has grown into his role really well, as well as as more right. of a leader. And just hearing him talk after games, he sounds more comfortable he also just sounds like he understands better right he understands sounds like a sunday player yeah he sounds like he's (laughs) he sounds like he's serious right he sounds like he has he has buckled down and that he understands what he has be what he's been asked to do and and the position that he holds and that guys will look to him as an example and that he's not just like a fun oh look at the guy making all the plays look at the look at you know he's he's having a great time he's he's wearing an apple watch on the field he's doing all this all this fun stuff like he is He's in the leadership position, and he has to be. And I, I think yeah. he has taken to that really well. And I think a lot of the guys on this team have taken to that really well and, and understood that older guy, younger guy, whatever it is, if you're playing, you will be looked to, and you will be an example. You will be somebody who others will follow the lead of. And when you have guys at the top of your team who are setting the right example, who are doing the right things, it reverberates. It goes down it extends to new players. We've seen a lot of new players on this team who I think are getting the right message from players who have been on the team, players who are taking those big snaps, who are making those big plays. I think that the 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 leadership core of this team is miles ahead of, of where it was, and I think you're seeing that reflected I, I in, in the that. guys who are making plays, in the, the depth in the confidence that you're seeing and, and in the, the just calmness, right. That there's not this, at this feeling of just everybody being out of control and this, you know, guys making plays on accident or guys just being in the right spot, but the process isn't right. I think the process has been right here and it's because they have the right examples to follow and, and offensively. Yeah. I, I would agree with that for off, sure. And yeah, as, I, I was just going to add to that. Like one small part, you know, is uh, Kyle Van Leeuwen who, retired medically but this last week he, he was on the sidelines right i think yep. i saw him down there warming up with the quarterbacks like yep. guys a, like that who coach. have i mean obviously ike larson is the hometown you know he's the cash valley kid he's the hometown kid kyle van lewin's kind of a you know not from here he's from uh you know provo which is just about the worst place you could be from but uh, <laughs> it comes from a strong aggie family and so guys like that that just understand the culture and and are just solid leaders and so and, and you know i you know um Van Leeuwen, who's now retired, it's it's smaller. He's not a player anymore, but uh, you can just tell the culture is so much stronger on this team than yeah. uh, than it has been in the past. And that's not a knock on on many teams, other than maybe last year and yeah, I'll, obviously I'll, the I'll, 2020 year that had a terrible culture. But yeah. it's a strong culture. It's good. Yeah, I'll knock on the 2020 culture. It was or the 2022 culture. It wasn't good. It was bad. It was <laughs> the team was was not as good as it could have been because the culture was bad. And Blake has yeah. just about said that. Um, yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not telling tales out of school here. It was not good. I think you could tell. And, and, uh, I, I think that the problem has been alleviated. I think the culture is good. I think it's really good. Um, it's very good. Three, yes. three of the guys offensively who really led that charge in this game and, and who have led that charge throughout the season, um, would have to be the receivers. The only three receivers who made catches here, uh, first time since 1996, shout out to Doug Hoffman, first time since 1996 against Cal State Northridge that Utah State had three receivers with 100 yards. 
the uh, the stats department up there in the in the communications office. They were hunting for that one. They were <laughs> they were yeah, they that, were after well, that and, one. That was a tall it task. It makes sense why. I mean, yeah. that's a football team that no longer exists. I was not born yet. Like yeah. that is a long time. <laughs> it's been a minute. It's been a minute. They they were yeah. they were deep in the record books for that one. So shout, <laughs> shout out to those guys. They do a great job. Um, Terrell Vaughn, eight receptions, 143 yards, and a touchdown. He had um, Aiden Hector in a really really bad way in this game. Aiden Hector, the nickelback for for Colorado State has made a lot of plays in his career. This was not a game for those. He was not he was not up for it. And very few nickelbacks are. I I respect Colorado State for trying it, for thinking, well, let's just let's just set our guys up and see if we can win the matchups. You're not gonna win that matchup. You're just not. No, you're just you're, you're, you're just not. not. Um that's 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 a that's a miscalculation and, and Terrell uh, pretty well made him pay for it. He had the big touchdown reception down the uh, down the sideline, 76 yards, but he was good throughout the day. Um, Jalen Royals is he's he's cemented. He I, I I'm convinced. So I've, good. I yeah. have seen enough. Six receptions, 140 yards, two touchdowns. Um, he saw yep. he, he and he's doing it in different ways. He had a he had a yeah. you know a breakaway. He had 64 yards after the catch, but his touchdown reception, the the first one where he goes up and wins the ball against again I have said all Mac or all Mountain West players a couple times um Chigozianusium was a, a first team cornerback last season he's a good player and Jalen Royals just beat him beat him in the air and it was it was well covered and Jalen Royals just goes up and gets the ball he is getting better very very quickly he it seems like every he week is. every week he has a new thing in his bag of tricks um, Kyle Cephalo, I said as much on Twitter, is doing a really, really good job with these receivers and, and has done a really good job of identifying and, and deploying talent. Um, Jalen Royals is a prime example. That is a guy who Utah State stumbled into, who just showed up at a recruiting camp. Um, props to, to Brian Phillips for that one. Um, that like he just showed up and he ran a four two nine and they said okay yeah we'll, we'll we'll take you and they have coached him up into a very very good receiver he is not just fast he is yeah he is yeah. bought in he's blocking he's making plays down the field he's making plays in the short yardage he's catching the ball consistently he's open he's a hard guy to deal with and then Micah Davis yep. five receptions for one hundred and forty yeah one hundred and four yards. One touchdown, kind of the quiet one of the bunch with a, a five reception, 104-yard, one touchdown day. That's a good day if that's your quiet of the bunch. Um, yeah, workmanlike. very, very good. He, he's just workmanlike. He catches the ball. He gets yardage. He falls forward. Every time he falls forward, he does not lose yards. Um, and he makes a great catch in the end zone as kind of the the what felt like the kill shot. They got a, an even bigger one later on in the fourth quarter, which we're going to get to in a second. Um, but those three were really leading the way. And Cooper, I thought, did after the first quarter a great job of just letting them go make plays and, and, and putting the ball in the right spot that they could go and get it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, you're not one to, to toot your own horn there, Patrick, but uh, I seem to remember somebody on the show as we previewed <laughs> this game saying that they should just run three receivers. Yeah, it's all you so, need. Uh, <laughs> there you go. There's your moment, Patrick. Um, That's all you yeah, need. Yeah, it's Sorry, go ahead. Go no, ahead. I was, I was just, and and um, not super surprisingly, the passing attack got a lot better when Brock Lane was just blocking, when he was, when he was block lane, when he was chipping, yeah. when he was just <laughs> helping lane. out with whatever defensive end needed to be helped out with. They only really need the three receivers. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I don't. Well, when like, when your receivers are these three, yeah, yes, that's yeah, that's enough. These three, <laughs> they're hard and, to and deal one with. One thing I like about these three is they're all very very different kind of types of receivers and so you do have three kind of distinct weapons it's not just 
three guys that are kind of the same and one is slightly better and one is slightly worse. Um, they're three distinct dudes with distinct like styles. I mean, yeah. Jalen Royals might be one of the fastest players we've had in Logan in a long, long time. Uh, and they, like, they, they're just very, very different. And that gives, I think Cooper a lot yeah. of, a lot of different weapons to use when he's in the pocket. Yeah. He's having a good time with that. It is, yeah. um, you, yeah. you could just, he, he, he doesn't really like to show it a whole lot, but you can see during the game, he's having a good time throwing to these guys. They're making it really, it's really fun, fun to throw to these three. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, that they are all, all three bought in really well to what Utah state wants them to do and, and understand the roles that they need to fill. Like I said, with Jalen, you know, he's blocking, they're all blocking. They're all blocking really, really well on the perimeter. I wrote about it a couple of weeks ago. They're still doing it. Um, and they understand the role that they should fill and how they complement each other. Um, that's hard to do. These are three guys from Juco schools. These are three guys who had not played before, you know, Terrell and, and Jalen had probably played in practice, but Mike is new. And he hasn't played with them. They hadn't played on the field before this season. And the the way that they are playing off each other, the way that they understand their strengths, is a reflection on them and their their commitment to you know doing what they're being asked to do. But it is also the 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 coaching from from Cephalo and and from Blake Anderson, who I'm sure is involved, is is really good. It's it takes a lot to do that, and it's not it's not easy. It's not easy to get guys to buy in like that. Yeah, no, it it's really not. I think especially in uh, in Logan, we've seen it, it can be difficult. Uh, we've had uh, – we don't have to look too far into our past, unfortunately, to see guys that have come in, uh, whether from the transfer portal or recruited or, or however they got here, um, and just felt like they were bigger than the program. And yeah. Newsflash, when you feel like you're bigger than the program, you're going to cause problems for yourself and the program, and then yeah. and nobody wins. You know, no. like it's it's bad news. When you have this level of buy-in with uh, with talent that is – I mean, top tier G5, borderline power five with these yeah. two receivers, uh, and they don't feel like they're bigger than the program. They they have bought in. Uh, that's how G5 teams win, you know what I mean? Especially this one. Especially the way that they want to do things. One, yeah. The way that they want to do things on offense. They need that. They can't have just, like, you know, you can look at the stats and you can say, well, Devin Tompkins was the number one receiver, and he was. He, he got the targets. He was the one who was open, but... He was not just running routes. He was blocking. Derek Wright was blocking. You know, Brandon Bowling was blocking. Like, those guys were going and making plays. But they were yeah. also complementing each other. They were they were setting each other up. They were not being selfish about it. They were not just trying to focus on them trying to get to the next level. And they got to the next level. Two of those guys did because of how good yeah. they were. But that was not a product of them, you know, selling out their teammates, right? That was that was not a product yeah. of them being just the best guy on the field. Like Devin Tompkins was unstoppable and he was the best guy on the field and I'm sure he knew it, but he didn't act like that. He 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 played right. within the offense and that's what you have to do in this system. You can't win it with a whole bunch of guys who are just playing for them. Um, and, and yeah, it's these, almost like football is a team sport. Yeah. There's 11 guys. You gotta, you gotta use all of them. You can't just <laughs> yeah. have, you can't just have the one. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I don't know if I have a ton else on the, on the offense. I do want to talk about what well, I do have actually one more thing. I mentioned it. I, I alluded to this earlier. I wrote it in the cover story. Let me get the exact stat. Utah state had, um, 300 passing yards and 200 rushing yards against an FBS opponent here, 639 in total. It has not had those specific numbers, the 200 and 300, against an FBS team against 2018. That would be Jordan Love, Darwin Thompson, and company uh, just throttling San Jose State. I think it was like 62 to 24. 
this Colorado State team is better than that San Jose State team was, and Utah State didn't put 62 points on the board, but it did have that sort of offensive balance where you have those running backs just just churning out yards and doing 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 it in a lot of different ways, and then you have the passing attack operating, you know, clicking on all cylinders and and really dominating for the vast majority of this game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know how you stop them when they're doing that. There's not an answer <laughs> at, 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 for, well, for an offense that that's balanced, uh, that, that, you know, and, yeah. and you have to block to do that. And I think that Utah state, given what it is doing on the offensive line right now, the circumstances there are not ideal. And they, they would tell you that they had, you know, Tavo Motuapuaka returned to the starting lineup and played a lot of the game. He left late. He's dealing with some some just injuries and, and you know, not at full strength. Uh, Falapulealu played a little bit. He did not start. He's in the same place. Um, they got most of their reps here from redshirt freshman Teague Anderson at tackle. Um, Calvin Knapp and, and uh, Ralph Frias both played at tackle. You get a uh, full game from Wyatt Bowles, who is rapidly improving. I was impressed with him at right guard. Um, Wade Meacham took two snaps in this game. And then um, uh, Maui, who was a, a Juco guy, has not played at the FBS level before. 6'1", 300 pounds, sophomore from uh, from New Mexico Military Institute. They've gotten quite a few guys from there before. He played most of the snaps at center. And then when uh, Tavo had to leave the game, he kicked over to guard. He was outstanding. He was outstanding in this game. And, and you know, the, the line was far from perfect. Six sacks is too many. But the way that they established themselves, the way that they got going with that many backups, with that many new guys playing up front, um, Cooper Bassett's doing a really good job with those dudes. And, and the offense needed it. The, the offense has to have that. And the circumstances, like I said, are not ideal. But they were they they stepped up they did they stepped up after a really really tough start for the offensive line they're getting they're getting really really good minutes from those guys you're starting to see what this team can be really at every position group we've ta- we've been hard like, let's be let's be real we've been hard on the offensive line yeah um they did they did fine six six sacks is too many but they did fine they settled down um, once they settled they down settled it was down. a lot better and that was the thing for the whole team. Is that once yeah, they, that's once they that's, settled down, it was better. With yeah. this team. Um, so. Clearly, there's a lot to work on still. But anytime you're comparing an offensive team to the twenty the twenty eighteen team, um, good things are happening. And so yeah. clearly, clearly, some of these things are starting to come together, and they're starting to figure some things out. Yeah. Yep. So the last thing that I really want to talk about here before we, you know, maybe expand this a little bit and, and talk about what we think this might be. What, what this might mean for the team is I do want to just mention, because this was a moment, and I, I wrote about this in the cover story, um, and I'm, I'm going to try my best not to, uh, not, not to relive <laughs> this as, I am, as I'm talking about it, but this was a moment that on the sidelines, as I'm, I'm you know, I, I, I do my best and, and make an effort of being impartial. I'm a, I'm a journalist first. I did not grow up in Logan. I, I try to be just a guy who's covering the team and that's you know it's sometimes I'm better at it than others (laughs) you can you could be taken by situations I try to write about moments more than I write about just you know analyzing the game and recapping it Um, this moment really really moved me and it was really impressive from Utah State but was also just I think a, a a reflection of what this team can be at its best and what they want to be and, and the culture that they want to to build. 
Um, and that's Stephen Cottsley's injury and and the way that Utah State responded to a very, very difficult, very emotionally charged situation where you have not just a, a player go down in the in the you know normal flow of a game, but you have a guy who is extremely well liked, a guy who doesn't get hit a lot in the punter, get a roughing the punter call. You know, clear, clear injury. I don't think that it was a dirty play. I think it was just, you know, it was, it was just, it was one of those things. It just happens where guys going to Colorado State players going for the block, doesn't get it, connects cleanly with his ankle, uh, and it's just, it's football, and it, 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 it stinks. It's a bad part of the game, but it's not something you can remove from the game. It happens, and Utah State really, really could have had that go in two ways. That is the kind of thing it was a it was a powder keg in there. People were not happy. And, you know, it's it's a it's a very emotional moment. There were in, in the immediate you know, in the immediate aftermath there was a, a sense on the sidelines and in the stadium certainly of just of anger, right? Of of being really upset about the hit, about the fact that it happened, about the way that it happened, that it comes on a penalty. Um, all of that, all of that stuff could have gone really, really, really south. It could have gone really badly. We have seen it go badly for this program not that long ago. I, I think even just a couple weeks ago, it could have gone badly. Um, and to see the guys and the coaching staff rally the guys, right, to, to, to uh, kind of corral them and transform that that potential anger that that upsetness about the the moment understandable you know anger about it to to change it into this just huge show of of love and support for their teammate right where they're they're all the whole team was around him on the cart um and they're you know they're showing him love he's pumping up the crowd he's high-fiving his guys um, Blake Anderson calls a timeout, brings the guys in for a huddle, tells them to basically to calm down. He says after the, he said after the game, you know, just, just, uh, he, he says specifically, everybody was upset. And with the exception of one penalty, everybody did a really good job of calming down, taking a deep breath and finishing the game. Um, that is, that's huge. It's huge that they could do that. It's huge that they could turn that into rallying around their teammate and going and playing for him. The next play is a 48-yard touchdown run for Devon Booth that ends the game. It was blocked perfectly. It was executed perfectly. Um, it was just a moment. It was it was a really really moving moment where you see, like I said, I think what what this team wants to build its core around, what it wants to be, which is a team that does not. And I asked Blake about this on Monday, and he gave a great answer. Um, a team that is not inspired by spite or by trying to prove people wrong, trying to win for the sake of, you know, uh, beating somebody without, but who is playing for each other, who is, who is playing, uh, you know, for, for the, for the love of their teammates and for you know, the guys next to them. And it's, it's, it, you can, it's cliche, but like, that is the way that you win football games. That's the way that you consistently win football games, that you get better that you build a team with resilience that can face adversity and handle it and go and do what they did on Saturday night. Um, and it's all encapsulated in this one moment where they don't let without win. They, 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 they circle, you know, around their guy, literally they circle around their guy, they come together 
and they deliver this just brilliant moment of, of football excellence for him and for each other. Um, that's what it has to be, man. That, that is what it has to be. And every coach in America would tell you that. It, it, that the best teams are teams that can do that, the teams that play for each other and, and play for a genuine care that they have for each other, a genuine love that exists in the locker room for you know, your fellow player, for your coaches, for what you are doing, and you have that belief in yourself and, and in your teammates. Um, that was the most impressive moment of the game and probably of my time covering Utah State that I have seen from these guys. That was a, a really, really wonderful response from them and, and really the just the right way to do things. It, it absolutely was. It was a moment that – it was a beautiful moment. It was. Um, in a moment that started ugly with, you know, obviously a season-ending injury. Um, and as you mentioned, could have gone one of two ways. It could have gotten worse or it yep. could have gotten better. Yep. Uh, it got better. And, it, was, and, it was beautiful to see and Col- that team like, respond that way. And Colorado State is good at doing that. They're, they're good at getting under your skin, right? It, it, it's what they yeah. do. That's part, of the, that's part of the thing. And Utah State didn't ever let it happen. <clears throat> you know, even when it was 17 nothing, they did not let that in. They didn't let that, that yeah. you know, the, the chippiness of the game, they did not let it extend to themselves. They let Colorado State tire themselves out. And then they said, "We're going to show you what our we're going to show you what we're about, right? We're going to we're going to show you what the alternative to what you're doing is, and that's taking the high road in football. That's what you do, and yep. you go out and you deliver the kind of win, the kind of convincing, compelling, just cohesive win that they had. Um, that is the right way to answer it. Not a frustration penalty. Not going out and and hitting somebody after a play." They had one, like Anderson said. I think I think Falapuleyalo got carried away um, on on one play, but that is something that would have absolutely gone south for this team last year. And it goes back to the culture. It goes back to the leadership. It goes back to your 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 biggest guys stepping up and saying, "We're going to do this the right way. We're going to go out, and we're not going to we're not going to let it get to us. We're going to play for each other. We're going to play within ourselves. We're going to keep control." And we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make it right on the field instead of trying to make it right with something that's not the right way to do things. Um, it right. was um, it was it was perfect. It was it was a really really perfect way to handle what could have been a really bad situation. And, and what is a bad situation to have an injury like that? Um, they they handled it. I think the way that Steven would have wanted them to handle it. And that is really hard to do in that time. You have a lot of guys, 18 to 23-year-olds and, and maybe some 24, 25-year-olds. We're talking about Utah State after all. Um, yeah. But young guys, guys who could, have, who could have let this really, really spiral and they just didn't. They locked in. They put the game on ice. They did it the right way. Um, this is, it's, it's a coach's dream. It, it's a coach's dream and it was really, absolutely. really cool to see. Absolutely, it is. Um, and I, I want to reiterate just one thing that you mentioned. I think uh, I, I would agree. I don't think the play was inherently dirty. I don't think it was necessarily dirty. Um, I would uh, Blake Anderson said at best in the post game. He, he called it a reckless play. And yeah. I, I would agree with that assessment more than dirty. Yeah. Um, it, it was reckless. I mean, again, it's what makes Ike Larson so, so special that he can take the right angle and, and block a punt without, yeah. you know, breaking someone's leg. It's a tough thing to do. Yeah. Um, 
it was reckless. I don't know that it was dirty, but to be able to respond the way that they did scoring, of course, right then, um, Utah state, you know, their, their Twitter feed does, you know, they put out all the, all the scoring plays and big plays. Um, they, they put out this, this play and they said for Steven, um, Steven caught Stanley, of course, you know, he's, he sees it on Twitter and he quote tweets it and says, uh, ah, here come the tears, heard it all from the back of the Ambo. Love this group, man. Um, and I think that's just a, I mean, as beautiful as an image as it can be with a player sitting in the back of an ambulance, which yeah, is in its in and of itself a sucky situation. But for him to be able to hear that, uh, after the moment that they, you know, they were able to share on the field, um, that's about as, as good as it can possibly be after such a, such an awful, yeah. uh, awful thing to happen to, to the kid. Football is all about finding beauty in the ugliness. It is all that right. the best teams can do it. And Utah State did it on Saturday. And I, I think not to <laughs> not to not to get in the mud, not to cast too many aspersions on Colorado State. Utah State did it with a pretty stark contrast to what Colorado State wants to do in football. Um and to I would the, agree to with the that. approach that they take culturally. You see it. You see it laid out. You see the the limitations of, of those two those two ways to build a team, you, you, you see, you know, you just see it. You, you do. And I think the final score was reflective of that. I think that the way that Utah State played, the way that it would, it battled and it was, was resilient, that can only, only come from within. It can only come from a locker room that is truly just on the same page and, and going out there for each other, going out there to, you know, to lift each other up, to not let each other down, to to make plays for the guy who is standing next to you, not you know against the guy who's playing opposite you. And it happens because exactly. it's a it's a game of one on ones. It's a game where you have to go and make those plays, but you aren't doing it because of the other guy. You're doing it for your guys, and and that is it's going to take you a whole lot farther. It just is. It's, it's going to take right. you a whole lot farther. And that the is the name on the front of the jersey instead of the name on the back to yeah. uh, to go back to another football yeah. cliche. Yeah, they're 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 cliches for a reason. <laughs> you know, that's, that's there's true. so there's a lot of truth to a lot of it. And uh, that's true. Those old football coaches they they were not they were not dumb. They knew what they were talking about. Yeah. Um. And a lot of those are are I think fundamental just truths of of the game. And and Utah State is I think learning the joys of 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 that one and of what that can really produce for so. you um so i i think so i, w- I want to just say one more thing on this it's a lesson that we've learned against colorado state now a few times uh this one obviously looking different but this is why uh this is why it's so great to be winning a football game and this is why it's so good to to make the other 60 minutes matter um and i know it's a it's a it's a small point but it's taking the high road feels a lot better when you're winning uh, mm-hmm. and it feels really good to have a moment where they you know, cheap shot or not, they send a guy, you know, your brother, your teammate off on a cart. Yeah. It feels really good to, to punch one more in yeah. and extend an already big lead. We learned that, you know, a couple of years ago when when we're putting them in a position where they have to throw a Hail Mary or kick a last minute field goal. Yeah. That's why you're winning at the end of games. You know, that's why you play from ahead rather than rather than from behind. Yep. Um, but it makes moments like this a lot better as well. I mean, that's 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 why you play smart and you play hard 
yeah from the start and that you know it feels better to win football games you know yeah that that 48 yard touchdown run feels a whole lot better than a than a, a one-off penalty right it, it's just yep it just does yep. it's not the unnecessary roughness is not going to make you feel any better the 48 yard touchdown will and the 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 answer in football is invariably th- just through with your guys it is not it is not breaking from that. You got to be a team, and I, I think that that as we talk about what you know, what we think this might mean moving forward for Utah State, that is going to be the thing, and it has been the thing. It will continue to be the defining factor for this team. Is 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 you know sticking together is is trusting what they're doing and and continuing to do things the right way, continuing to do the little things, continuing to play for each other. Um, I think Utah State is going to, I'm not, I don't think, I know, Utah State's going to come up against adversity. It's going to come up against really, really tough opponents. They've got one on Friday. Uh, Dinged up or not, Fresno State is an extremely good program that has grasped this and has long grasped this and has a a very, very rich history of very good teams, and it's because of that. Um, Utah State, if it does that, if if it can stay together as a locker room, if it can be you know, uh, a program motivated by that sort of thing, by the love for their teammates and can go out and and have a game plan like that and execute. Utah state is extremely good. Utah state is extremely, extremely good and extremely dangerous at its best. When it was rolling in this game, it is really hard to see people doing anything against these guys. They were tremendous and I think we're going to see really quickly just how much that can extend to a really good opponent on Friday. We get a very good immediate look at, at how much they have turned a corner. Um, but it felt like that kind of moment. It felt like that kind of game where they break through, they get what they needed to get. They're confident. They're having fun. It, it feels like it clicked. And I don't know. You know I, I really can't predict because football is hard to predict. Sometimes the ball is going to bounce in a weird way and hit your guy. And you're going to be down 17 points before you even look up. Um, but with the way that Utah State played, if they keep doing that, if they keep executing that way, even when the ball bounces weird, they're going to be really hard to beat. And and that was the big thing I took away from this is that it, it felt like they found it. It felt like they did what they want to, they wanted to do. And they did it for the vast majority of the game, and they saw what that can produce. And, and I think that that is a really, really big deal for a young, inexperienced team. I agree. I think the big difference, you know, the, the feeling I have after this game, um, every game has been pretty much the same. It's felt like the same team playing a different type of game from the start to the finish. Uh, this game is a little bit different. I feel like it was a the, the team that ended this game was a different team that, be, that began this game. Um, I I do. It felt like a different team to me. Yeah. Uh, I think we we are we are turning a corner. We're gonna see. We're gonna see quick uh, if that's true and what this team is is made of. Uh, but it felt like a new team to me. It didn't feel like just the same team playing better. It felt like a completely reinvented team by the end of the by the end of the sixty minutes. I'm gonna say some reckless things in the cover story next week if they win that game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to share I some I'm going to share some bad I'm going to share some some over some uh some ridiculous thoughts in that cover story. It might get crazy. Game. It might that's, get crazy. That's going to be oh boy, that is going to be wild. We're going nuts next week that for is, sure. It, it might gonna get crazy. be that is going to be wild. 
That's going to be a wild game. That's a big one. That's a big one. Uh, real oh, quick. Yeah. Friday the 13th night oh, game. It's, man. It cannot be better than this oh, game. It's, it's going to be so fun. We haven't talked about it. The crowd for this game was excellent. The crowd was very, very, was very, very good. Yes. It was as good as, as I have seen. It was 22,000 yeah. strong. Um, I actually have the exact attendance. If I can find the page that isn't bent uh 22,864 that's very close to yeah, a sellout that, that, that's, that's that's great yeah and i think it's probably going to be sold out on friday that would be my guess they i think they deserve it i i, I would really really like to see that i would really like to see it invested the, the the stadium invested for the full 60 minutes like it was here um you can see the guys you know build on that you can see them pull from that and and, and take inspiration oh, they, they from that do. they love it i mean they absolutely they love it it's hard not to um, when it is, when it's rocking like that, I think that's going to be a blast. I'm really, really looking forward to just seeing that game. I think it's going to be a spectacle. Um, you want to talk mountain West here real quick and then got to get out of here. Yeah. I mean, let's jump into it. We, we've been talking about Fresno state. Um, unfortunately they will not be a ranked opponent coming no. into Logan, but fortunately they aren't, they are fallible. They They're beatable. They got put, they they, they, the best way I could describe it. And I think that this will make sense. This will resonate. This is one of those like spiritual truths that, that Utah state <laughs> fans will understand. Craig bowl, put them in the doohickey. He got them in the machine. You, <laughs> he, he put you in the machine. You went to, you put, you went to Laramie and you fell into his trap. This is what he does. He's, he's, he is a wily yeah. old man and you let him get a hold. You, you can't let him get your, get his hands on you. He, he will, he will just get nasty with it. He gets really nasty with it. And Wyoming got really nasty with it. Andrew Peasley, wonderful performance. He's such a weird quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is. It's a weird team, a weird quarterback. Oh, man. This was to, fun. To quote one of my favorite books, Greg Bull is a steely-eyed missile man. Mm-hmm. He, you don't want to play in Laramie. You don't want to play in Laramie at night. You don't. Oh, man. <laughs> This was they're, awesome. They're, so Wyoming wins this game. In they're so sick. 24 and 19. Oh, I love um, that program so much. They're so cool that they do this. They're such so a fun just, program. And the, the, after the game, you know, against Texas Tech saying, you know, we wanted to take them to the, to the, to the deep end and drown them. That's so good. That's just such These a guys good. Are, yeah. Oh, the, <laughs> what a wonderful. There's something else. What a the wonderful Fresno's program. Fresno's a fun program, too. The Mountain yeah. West is so, it's such a fun league, dude. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, pokes get it done. What a program Bull has, Coach Bull has running up there. Oh man, they're, and, and, and I'm I'm sad that we don't play them, but I'm also very happy. We yeah, don't play them. yeah, so, and to to win it the way that they do, where they you know they go out to a uh, it was like a 24-7 lead at, at halftime. They had a massive. I think it was like twenty-three to four first down advantage. That is the doohickey you got put in the machine. Th- yeah, um, that's I think it. That's, that's what they're gonna do. Is they're gonna go up by that big score, and then they're just gonna sit on you for the last thirty minutes, and you're not gonna be able to get enough points. There's not enough time in the game, and Fresno State chance to 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 go down and maybe win it, game winning, you know, potentially game winning drive late, and it's a it's a defensive tackle. It's a giant defensive tackle, uh, Cold Gabo who just jumps in front of it, puts a big paw up in front of the ball, knocks it into the air, catches it, um, runs for an ill-advised amount of time down the sideline. <laughs> you got to let them have it. You got to let them have some fun with it. Um, they're they're just wonderful. What a wonderful program. That they, they that, that's there. Cowboy football, baby. That's <laughs> Cowboy football. Oh, man. Love those guys. Absolutely love those guys. Uh, good for them. Huge, huge win for Wyoming. They're really they're really good. They're really, really good at what they do. We, we've we've very good. joked about it. 
uh, about the doohickey, but like that's what they do. They're going to do it to you, and they're really, really, really good at it. This is a very well-built team that Craig Bull has there. I'm happy to see them having success. I, I think that they deserve it. They, they've worked really, really hard to build this team. Um, that yeah, is, I agree. That's not an easy place to recruit to, you know, and, and, and you and I, we would know a thing or two about that. That is not an easy yeah, place yeah. to recruit to. Um, you think Logan's hard. Man. Laramie's tough. Well, I, I, lo- I tough. love Laramie. I've been to Laramie, I, I, just, I think, just the once. I love Laramie, but I'm not a, a, you know, a talented 17-year-old. Um, and <laughs> yeah. That's a tough place to sell them on. Um, so yeah. shout out to those guys. Huge win for Wyoming. Uh, and then the other game, I don't really have any. I have one piece of analysis on this game. Boise State 35, San Jose State 27. I'm going to... I'm gonna. Uh, this is not. This is the least professional analysis I'm ever going to provide. But this is the only thing I have to say about this game. These guys stink. This is bad. <laughs> this is a bad football team. I have nothing else to say about it. They're bad. Both of these teams are bad. Ugh. Nasty. Nasty. Yeah. Game. <sighs> My, I only had one piece of analysis, and it's just that this game was weird. Mm-hmm. I I don't know where to go with this. Boise State was losing, and San Jose State just could not let the Broncos lose. They had to lose this game. This was a game where both teams wanted desperately to lose, and and Fresno State wins in that regard, which, of course, means losing the game. Boise State 35, San Jose State 27. Um, I Let me just put it this way. I'm glad I was at the MAV watching Utah State beat Colorado State at that time Yeah. um, because I was watching a great football game. Boise State, San Jose State was – No. (laughs) weird it, it was, was weird that <laughs> was not a great football game yeah and and i think two not very great football teams um but but again here's what boise state does they're 2-0 and in the conference right now yep yep they sure they, they sure uh, are they are the most and, and aggie fans are probably having nightmares about this we, we've seen this happen before yeah we, we know how this ends we this ends with boise state somehow stumbling into the championship game yeah this is uh they're not good, but they're two and zero in conference play. No, they... San Jose State zero and two in conference play. <laughs> weird stuff. Does, weird, weird game. That has been the recent Boise State experience. They're they're not good, and they're two and zero in conference play. <laughs> that's uh, yeah. that's a good not way. Not good, that's, but better yeah. than everyone in the conference and, on the one night that they need to be. Yeah, and, and um, Andy Avalos defined not good two and zero in conference play. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, the, I, 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 yeah. I will add only, only one more thing about this. Um, November 18th, 5 PM going to be fun. Going to be a lot of fun. Very, 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 very interesting football game. Uh, there's a ways to go between then and now, but I am, I'm looking, I'm looking at that one. Um, really, really interesting matchup there. Some, 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 some other things to attend to for both of these teams before that happens, but just something to keep in the back of your head. And I would imagine that I, it is, I would imagine it's in a lot of uh, people's back of heads right now. I think a lot of people have this on their mind. Um, let's, let's couch it for a little bit, but yeah. I'm keeping if an eye on If you think Aggie fans aren't already sweating about that game in Boise, you're out of your mind. Yeah. Uh, Utah state fans have lost to Boise enough. Yeah. That one's, a we home. know, we that, know that, what this team is. We know what they do. Um, it's that, on our minds. Yeah. Talk about a, a sold out crazy crowd in the Mav. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Utah State goes into that game and has some stuff to play for. Oh man. That is going to be, I mean, you saw it in the spectrum. You saw what happened in the spectrum. It is, it is not hard to sell that yeah. sort of game. 
uh, in, in Logan, Utah. Yep. Really, really looking yep. forward to just seeing the spectacle of that one. Um, all right. We have gone far longer than we have ever gone before. I think there was a lot to talk about here. Um, yeah. Par- Parker, I cannot imagine that we have anything else, but do you have anything else before we get out of here? I, I could, I could keep talking, but let's, let's not, we'll uh, table everything else. Uh, go Aggies. Great win. Uh, we'll, we'll see you next week.